strangers, welcome to Iroh's Corner, a space where we agree with Uncle Iroh that sharing tea with a fascinating stranger is one of life's true delights. Today I'm joined by Amy Colville, founder, owner, and chief joy seeker at Amilk, a plant-based milk company in Portland. I first encountered Amilk at the Lake Oswego Farmer's Market and had my expectations about almond milk totally reset with the best tasting milk ever. I've been following Amy on Instagram for a while and love the positive energy she puts in the world and was so excited when she agreed to come on the show. We recorded this in October and it's coming out now in December, so since recording, I had the chance to meet Amy in person at her Portland Syrups pop-up that you'll hear her mention and got to have such a lovely in-person chat. Plus, she was wearing the coolest Snoopy Christmas sweater, which gave her extra cool points. I tried the holiday nut nog that day and it was the best eggnog I've ever had and it didn't even have eggs or dairy in it. A new holiday favorite for me for sure. So grab your tea, coffee, or even some A-milk and I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi Amy, welcome to the show. Hi Jesse. thanks. I'm excited to be here. Awesome, I'm so glad you're here and I would love if you could start out by just telling us about A-milk. Of course, yeah. So I make A-milk. I'm the chief joy seeker on my team of joy seekers. We make what I think is the world's best commercially produced, most nutritionally dense plant-based milk. Um, They're milks that are made with nuts and sometimes seeds and now a tuber, uh, tiger nuts. So we produce them here in Portland, Oregon. Um, We don't use any gums or thickeners or emulsifiers, just beautiful organic ingredients water, a tiny bit of salt, and sometimes some superfoods and adaptogens. Excellent. I love it. I'm a huge fan. The lavender is my favorite. And I also got to try I'm Cosmic, which was amazing. And I was telling Amy before we got started that at Live Bar, our founder, Jan, is also a huge fan of A-Milk. So it's so fun to get to be able to chat with you. (laughs) I'm excited too. My team's excited too. Um, We were talking about it this morning while they were in production for tomorrow's market. Awesome. And and speaking of, I would love, before we get in too deep, just so it's right here at the beginning, because I'm guessing people are going to want to get their hands on some if they haven't already. Can you talk about anything exciting coming up later this year? And then also, if you can tell us like where to find you online and follow you and how people can engage with you and and get their hands on some email. Of course. Yay. Um, So we have some things that are in the works. We've actually just launched, I think I launched four different new things in the last four weeks, um, which was during Mercury retrograde, a time when you're not really supposed to launch new things, which is kind of a funny sideline. But we're doing, we have some things in the works, some of it are surprises. Um, But one thing that's new is our pop-up shop. And that's inside of my friend's manufacturing facility at Portland Syrups. They generously have allowed me to pop up inside of their new retail showroom. So I'm there every Saturday from 11 to 4 um, through Christmas week. And that is actually my proof of concept project because I am working on a retail concept for hopefully next year. Um, So that's one of the things we're working on. And you can find us every week, mostly at farmer's markets. We are located at Portland Farmer's Market year-round and Beaverton Farmer's Market for February through Thanksgiving. And on um, Sundays, you can find us at the Montevilla Farmer's Market and the King Farmer's Market. And we do national shipping. And see what else? What am I missing? Oh, you can find us at Zoo Pans. That's one of my new things. Uh, we're there every week on the Burnside store 
And hopefully we'll roll out some more Zupan stores later this year as we get some experience under our belt. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what's going on over here and where you can find us. And what's your what's the best way to... You've, do you have a preferred social media platform or what's the best way to, for people to kind of follow what you're up to and keep up to date? I would love it if people signed up for my email list. And I know that's a big ask because people get so many emails, but... I love communicating by my newsletters, which I send out twice a week. Um, and that is where I tell everybody about all of the exciting things that's happening that week at AML, new flavors, new launches, exciting collaborations and pop-ups. So if you go to my website, amilkshop.com, a little window will pop up. And if you sign up there, you'll get my email a couple times a week. And then also on Instagram, at Shop, It ties into Facebook too. So pretty much anything I do on Instagram will show up on Facebook. Awesome. That's great. Well, I'd love if we could go into, can you tell us about the life events that led up to founding Amelk? I'd love to hear more of your story. I've heard a little bit of it on some other podcasts and I just, I think you have a fascinating founding story. So I'd love if you could share it with us. Thanks. You know, I think by now you'd think that I would have found a way to shorten it. Um, but I haven't. I It's kind of a long and winding story having to do with a lot of life experiences that sort of piled up one on top of the other. I had some stress-related autoimmune symptoms that were really puzzling after my fourth child was born, and I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. I was under an extreme amount of stress because I owned and operated a finance technology consulting firm which was one of the first finance technology firms on the West Coast. I founded it with my ex-husband. We divorced <laughs> after. Um, but it was really stressful because I was so invested in being a mother that I was trying to be this sort of stay-at-home mom and own a company at the same time. And I was working East Coast hours, so our alarms would start going off at like 3.34 in the morning and get up and put work into that and then um, get the kids up and be like super, super mom, like the way that my mom was and fresh breakfast and healthy food and then drive them to school. And so like, for the most part, I wanted my kids to feel like they had a stay at home mom, but I was really doing two jobs at the same time. It was overwhelming me. And eventually my body started to break down a little bit. So that took, gosh, I think my youngest is now turning 13 tomorrow. Um, so a lot of this has been me trying to figure out my health. And one day um, in 2016, I had just been laid off for from my job and um, that earlier that year. And I was trying to figure out what was calling me. Something was calling me. I kept seeing visions of the ocean and I knew that my kids were going to go on an extended trip with their family to see their dad. And I had four weeks off to myself to figure out what I wanted to do. And I sort of just let myself be led. And one day I showed up to um, a juice bar in Santa Barbara called, um, what is it called? A uh, juice ranch, I think. And inside there were these adaptogens and superfoods from a company called Sun Potion. And I just so happened to meet the owner at the same time. And he walked me through everything. And I, I wondered, you know, I was so excited about these herbs and medicinal mushrooms and had heard about them. And I was like, if I'm going to incorporate these into my diet, I might as well make my own nut milk to go with it. So I was already on a pretty restricted diet 
called an elimination diet. I've done that several times. I was just diagnosed that same summer with SIBO, which is small intestine bacterial overgrowth. So I had a lot of digestive problems. So I was like, okay, maybe these herbs and adaptions can help me heal. So I stopped in Ashland. I bought a nut milk bag and I started making my own nut milks and I started putting these adaptions and superfoods in them. And all of a sudden it was like the clouds parted and it was, it was my purpose. I knew that I was supposed to make this product and I was supposed to make it for other people. And everything about A-Milk has been serendipitous since then. I know that this is my calling and I love doing it. I have so much fun, my creative outlet, and I've found a lot of healing along the way as well. Wow, that's amazing. What a what an incredible story. <laughs> See, that's a long story. That was my maybe my shortest version ever and it was still long. <laughs> I mean, it's really cool to hear about. And can you talk a little bit about the the process of like making making a nut milk and like versus like what is available in the store, like what people see on shelves and just a little more like like I know that there's a lot higher actual nut content in what you create. Can you talk a little bit about the differences and how you kind of figured out the the health benefits of making it yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things for people who have SIBO is that we are very sensitive to certain gums, um, specifically guar, guar gum, um, acacia gum, and some other gums, and also starches and things. And most of the time, when you look at a label on plant-based milks in the supermarket or Costco or whatever, you'll see a very, very long list of ingredients, which is sort of puzzling because we don't need any of those things. And I wanted to make, I just set out to make homemade nut milk so that I could have this product and I could put the herbs in it. Um, and I realized that companies were putting all these gums and thickeners and emulsifiers in them because they wanted to extract more of a profit out of this product. It's very difficult to make nut milk on a large scale. A milk is essentially a homemade nut milk. I've just scaled it, <laughs> figured out how to scale it somewhat so that when someone buys an A-Milk, they are buying the highest quality, probably higher quality than they can even make at home nut milk. So it's 25 to 35% nuts, depending on which one you're getting. Um, we only use the most premium ingredients I could find because sourcing is everything. And um, yeah, we just, uh, we bottle in glass. So you're not getting any of that metallic leaching or plastics leaching into your product. Um, we don't have any HPP processing. Um, so it's it's really a unique product that is very, very close to what you would make at home. Awesome. Yeah. And you can really, if I encourage anyone to be able to stop by one of your events, be able to really, you can taste the difference. I mean, like it just a, want something that you buy, you know, maybe like buy a big brand in the store and then you taste A-Milk and you're like, oh, like this is delicious. Like <laughs> this is amazing. Like whatever preconceived ideas you've had or experiences you've had with nut milk before, you got to throw all of those away when you try a milk because it's completely different and you just taste, it tastes so wholesome and fresh. And you're like, oh, this is what it's supposed to taste like. It's supposed to taste good. <laughs> you know, it's so true. It's so fun. I think um, once I started sampling and being at farmers markets and being able to see the customer's expression on their face when they try it. It's, this is a product that you really have to try to understand. It's um, it's so yummy. I, I like to think of myself as my biggest consumer because I drink a lot of it at home. And 
Um, when I see other people try it for the first time, it's really fun because they look utterly shocked. Like they had yeah. no idea that it's supposed to taste like that. Yeah. I remember taking my husband over to the the farmer's market because he's, you know, he's after having, you know, almond milk from the grocery store or whatever. He's like, oh, no, please don't please don't make me sample, you know, on, on almond milk. I really don't want to. And I'm like, no, like you got to try this. I just tasted it. It's going to blow your mind. And he was like, oh, whoa, that's amazing. Like, <laughs> like that's incredible. How can, how much can we buy? You know, just <laughs> complete 180 on, uh, on view on it. So that's, it's so cool. That's so fun. Yeah. I get a lot of skeptics who come up and they're like, mm, yeah, no, thanks. It's like, please, I, you look like somebody who might like cacao hazelnut. Just, just give it a try and they'll try it. And sure enough, they'll be like, I'll take a liter. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. And I'm wondering with you mentioned that you had your finance consulting firm. I'm wondering a little bit just kind of about your your career journey even farther back, like what led to starting that kind of company? And then how did that kind of what were your learnings from that and that kind of where you were feeling really burned out? What were you able to take and apply into how you operate a milk today? Yeah, well, I came from a um, Fortune 500 background. When I first started working um, after college, I worked for a company called TMP Worldwide and they owned monster.com. And that was back when everybody was doing online recruiting, like career builder. I don't know if you remember, Um, but I I was a creative and I wanted to get into advertising, but I ended up going into the business side of advertising through that job. And I've always felt very, very creative. Um, And then somehow one of my clients recruited me and I ended up working at Enron. And I know Enron has a really bad, bad feeling about it, but I had a great experience at Enron. I learned a ton. I worked in HR. Um, So I learned a lot about process. And when my husband at the time wanted to spin off his job, which was a director of operations at at a boutique investment advisory in San Francisco, um, to start his own company, um, I sort of became an accidental business owner. I hadn't planned on doing that. We had just had our first child. He was now 21. And um, I just ended up becoming the director of operations of our company. And I have been able to bring into AMILK a lot of process that I learned from my previous experience. So um, I know how a successful business is run. And um, and I also, Enron, when I was at Enron, it was considered a startup. So I also know what a startup life is like. Um, we hired 500 new people in one year and I was responsible for all of their onboarding. So wow, quite a bit of experience with that. And then um, after my divorce, I decided to go back and pursue my creative, I don't know, interest. And I ended up becoming the director of operations um, at OHSU during the Night Cancer Challenge, where we raised a billion dollars to um, create a new cancer research facility. And my job was to oversee the gratitude um, of all of our donors to provide them with specifically, my job was to thank donors who had donated over a million dollars. And I was able to kind of curate experiences and gifts and with the events team, create wonderful events that was really fun. Um, So I sort of just have a very varied background in my career. And 
Um, I knew when I was laid off from that job after we raised the billion dollars, um, my department was closed. Um, I knew that I wanted to work for myself because I was now a single mom and needed the flexibility of being able to drive my kids to school and be present for them and make them feel like I was there for them. Um, So it took me that summer in 2016 to go on my own and kind of figure out what I wanted to do, have that aha moment. And then, okay, now I have all of the skills and experience that I need to build a company of my own. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. That it sounds like you what a what a varied career background, and then to be able to bring that into to Amelk, that's really cool. Thanks, it's been fun. And how do you, um, since you experienced you know burnout in the past, and you just talked about trying to kind of build the company the way to fit your lifestyle, how do you now like avoid burnout with the company growing and stay inspired and stay you know stay the where you want to be as a person? Do you have any strategies or tips that you'd be willing to to share for kind of how you avoid being maybe in a place where you found yourself before? Yeah. So I have a, a saying for my team and for myself, and it is we don't stress at Amelk. I realized that my product is an energetic product, which might not make a lot of sense to a lot of people, but I literally infuse the product with my own love and energy. And my team does that too. And we realize that if we're super stressed out, then that stress is actually going to get into the milk. So we do a really, really conscientious practice of staying elevated in our mood and in our, um, just as we're doing production and, and in the day-to-day practices of being grateful, um, just not stressing you know, we found and and pretty much everything happens for a reason. And if we are going too fast for our feet, then we'll fall on our face, right? So we do things slowly and methodically. I've been growing every year and I'm really pleased with the growth that we have. We've been trying to grow email, I like to say one bottle at a time, um, and making those connections with our consumers um, in a sort of intimate manner, like really loving them and letting them know that their health, their wellness, their happiness is important to us. And um, I think having that mindset allows me to not really feel super stressed out all the time. I've really, I've really built this company around my myself and what my needs are. Um, so I'm not overtaxed. I was, you know, I think as every business owner, can attest to when I was doing everything by myself, um, it was really hard and my body was starting to break down. But that's also such a great opportunity when that happens, because then you're like, okay, now I need to find a solution for that. And running a small business is a puzzle that you're always trying to figure out. So keeping in mind that I have health issues that can kind of flare, come up and go. um, And a lot of my customers do too. So we have that in common. Um, No, I'm just I'm just sort of able to stay in this place of sustained joy, I think, is what my goal is. I want to stay joyful, which is why my title is Chief Joy Seeker. Um, Yeah, hope that makes sense. Awesome. Yeah, no, that was great. I loved a few things in there that you said really stuck with me. The if you 
what was it? If you don't, uh, if you get ahead of your feet, you're, you'll fall on your face. Is that what that was? That was. Yeah. If you're, if you, your feet get going too fast for your legs, then you're just going to fall. So we've been really slow and methodical in our growth and it used to just be me, but now I've got a solid team and I just love them so much. And I try to make sure that they feel um, loved and appreciated. And I try to mentor them as best I can so that they feel like connected to what we're doing um, and that they feel, I don't know, that they feel safe and happy too. Yeah, that's that's really important. And I think in food products, it really, even at, at Live Bar, I talk about it with our production team too. I'm just like, there, there is a, there's an actual taste difference and quality difference if people care and are happy while they make the product. Like it's, it's a real thing. It, it's hard to explain and it's, um, but, but it is true. And so I think it's so cool that you have that, that joy infused in your product. That's so apparent. Thanks. I feel like that too. I mean, I can taste the difference when you, uh, when you go to the farmer's market and you're buying something direct from a farmer that hasn't passed so many different hands. Um, it, tastes better. It has a different flavor profile. It's more nutritionally dense. It hasn't been sitting in a box in the back of a warehouse for months on end. You know, it hasn't been sitting in a cooler. Um, the fewer hands it goes through, I think the better. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I'm also wondering, I'm as kind of a operations nerd, I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about the production process. Like what, what does it look like to make nut milk and and what is the can you give us a little peek into behind the scenes of course yeah so we soak our nuts um or tubers or seeds overnight varying times depending on what we're soaking and we do that because nuts and seeds have this phytonutrient on the outside that needs to come off so that it can be more easily digestible it's kind of like starting the sprouting process um once that happens um it's been soaking our, our ancestors used to do that you know you've probably heard about like soaking your grains and um, soaking your nuts and sprouting um there's a reason why that's been happening for thousands of years. Um, it removes, you know, what's called a lectin. And those are things that can sometimes, I, I mean, in small insects and animals, it might cause them to be sick. You know, the plant doesn't necessarily want to be eaten, right? In, in certain circumstances, or it wants to be eaten and then it wants to be taken far away so that it's planted somewhere else. Um, there's reasons why plants have these like defense mechanisms on their seeds. And so we soak them to activate them. And we do that in water in the refrigerators overnight. Then when we go to do the production, we rinse them all until the water runs super clear. And then we blend them with fresh water. And then we put them through a hydraulic press and create what we call the bases of our milks. And then after that, we start the blending process. So we typically have anywhere between eight to 13 different flavors going at any one time um, for our markets. And um, we just have like a process. We'll do bluebell, for example, first, and then we'll do vanilla almond, and then we'll do matcha, and then we'll do like we this weekend, it's um, October right now. So we're starting our golden milk, which is called I'm Abundant. Um, so we have all these different flavors going in the blending process. And then we actually hand bottle still because um, we're, we're making so many different flavors 
that it doesn't make sense to use a bottling line because um, we're going to be switching flavors so frequently. So it's just faster for us to hand bottle. It's very small batch. It's very charming. Um, it's kind of old school, old world. Um, there's nothing about it that's overly complicated. Uh, it's pretty simple, but I've often found that the simple things are the best. Awesome. That sounds amazing. Thanks. I'm wondering if you could tell us, like I saw not too long ago, you released a new product that was tiger nut milk. And where do you find inspiration for, you mentioned having a lot of different, um, a lot of different flavors and varieties. So how do you find inspiration for new products? Maybe can you tell us a little bit about like launching the tiger nut? Um, yeah, I'd love to learn more about your, your creative process. Okay. Well, almost every one of my milks has come from my own personal experience. So I've been trying to find a, a solution to a problem. Um, for example, my first super milk, I'm Beautiful, was developed out of a need to help repair some skin problems I was having. So sometimes when we have digestive issues, it can show up on our face. Um, it can be um, acne. In my case, it was rashes and eczema and itchy skin and dry skin. So I created I'm Beautiful with skin healing nutrients like um, tocotrienols, which is a rice bran soluble form of vitamin E that's very skin nourishing, um, shisandra berry, which is great for balancing women's hormones, um, beetroot, which is super high in vitamin C. So I kind of consider myself to be an amateur herbalist. I am actually apprenticing right now under um, a phytochemist and herbalist who has 40 years of experience under his belt um, and who is sort of my teacher right now. But that's, I've been doing this now for five years and um, I just, I get kind of geeky and I nerd out ever since that first day about herbs and medicinal mushrooms and all of the ways that they can help you. So most of my inspiration comes from my own needs. And um, like I'm Abundant is a great detox milk. It's got pea protein in it. So let's say I want to have, um, maybe like give my stomach a little break. I can have I'm Abundant and I've got lots of protein. I've got my nutrients that I need. It's got turmeric packed with antioxidants. Um, and I can just... Um, let that be my meal for the morning or even the afternoon. Um, I came up with Tiger Nut. I want to give credit where credit is due. This is actually my friend Laura's idea. She owns Tulo Milk in the Hamptons in New York. Um, she used she actually had the first milk bar, I think, in the US in New York City. And it was so cool. And I'd never been, but I was a big fan on Instagram. So we became friends and Actually, most of us in this really tiny boutique nut milk industry um, are pretty friendly with each other. And um, my friend Meg, who owns Nutmeg Milk in BC in Canada, um, and I chat like quarterly. Anyway, Laura and I were talking and she's like, Amy, you have to try tiger nuts. And I was like, what the heck are tiger nuts? And as she was explaining it to me, um, tiger nuts actually have a lot of prebiotic fiber and they're really great for people who have stomach issues, but it's also great because it's naturally sweet. They don't have to add any sweetener to it, which is a huge win for my customers who have like issues with related, you know, related to having too much sugar in their diet. So I was like, I have to try tiger nut and it's been really successful. I worked the Montevilla market last Sunday and Almost every other customer was like, do you have any tiger nut milk? Um, which surprised me because I haven't been working markets lately um, only because I've, 
finally got like a really awesome team who I can rely on. So I've been trying not to work as many markets, but I miss it because I love getting that feedback. Tiger nut milk is a hit. People love it. And I'm excited about it. And it's good for you. And it's great for people who don't have or who have nut allergies. So um, as far as we know, there are no allergens with tiger nut milk. So it's, it's a good fit for us um, without having to do something like a grain milk or an oat milk, which needs to be cooked and have things added to it. Right. And is you mentioned tiger nuts are, you said they're like a tuber. Is that right? Yeah. There are these tiny little nuggets that grow underground. Um, they're often found in Spain. Um, mine come from Niger and they, um, they're little nutritional powerhouses. Apparently like our distant, distant, distant hunter gatherer ancestors had a diet that consisted almost primarily of tiger nuts. They're, um, there's got a lot of fiber in them. Of course, we extract most of the fiber in the milk making process, but some of it does settle down at the bottom of the bottle. Um, they're just, they're sweet. They're yummy. They're, um, they taste, it tastes a little bit grassy because it comes from a grass, but yeah, it's a super cool product. I'm really excited to have it. And that was Laura's idea. So that's where that one came from. Awesome. I love it. And then you also have like the I'm special line where you also have other, other, uh, other new flavors you come up with. Can you talk about maybe some of your your recent I'm special. I'm curious um, in particular, like, cause I got to try it. Like I'm cosmic. How did that color collaboration come about? Yeah. I'd love to learn more about the I'm special. Okay. Well, I'm special. Um, it's sort of a play on words. I, it's a, I want people when they open the refrigerator up to see my milks in the fridge and be able to repeat a mantra back to themselves. So I'm special. You're ingesting not only the nutrients from the milk, but the messaging that you are in fact special and you are worthy and you are beautiful and you can be joyful and you can attract abundance in your life. And I'm cosmic came from, well, you know, my, I, I was a division one soccer player in college. I played for a top five team at UConn, University of Connecticut. And I had this coach who was Greek and he would always say, Amy's a seeker and um, she's searching. And I was like, okay, yeah, that so describes who I am. Um, I'm a very curious person. Um, I love philosophy. I'm interested in so many different religions. And um, I am attracted to this idea of the fact that we are so much more than our physical body, that we are um, we have this kind of cosmic essence to ourselves. And when you follow the things that light you up and you follow the things that interest you, you inevitably meet other people. Like I met Scott Lindy from Sun Potion that, that one beautiful day in 2016 that kind of lit the light bulb that I need to make this product. You meet other people along the way. So you, you're following your bliss, you're following your joy. And one day you meet somebody and you're like, I know you and you know me, even though we don't know each other and you can learn things. So that's sort of how I met Cece Barber. Um, Cece is a Reiki master, um, an intuitive healer. She's um, She does these awesome things called soul plans. Um, so I hired her to 
do her a soul plan for me. And I remain really open-minded um, to all of these different kind of esoteric soul-seeking things. And I was kind of blown away by what came from that. And I also have a friend who is really great with astrology and I can never remember what my rising is and all the other things, but I fully believe that there's validity to this. And um, so Cece and I got together and I was like, you know, Mercury retrograde's coming up. And this was like six months ago. And I was like, I don't remember if it was her idea or my idea, but we're like, I should make a milk that helps support people during Mercury retrograde. And what would it look like if, you know, we were to work together on this and kind of channel the ingredients together for what this milk needs to be to really help people through what could cosmically be a really difficult time. So I'm cosmic. I, I described it in my email last week, or was it this week? I can't remember, but I developed this milk to kind of help remind me that I'm more than just my physical body, but I am the spiritual body as well. And the milk was meant to kind of bridge those two together. So as you're drinking, I'm cosmic. It's sort of a reminder that you are more than just this physical body. You're this magical mystical dynamic creature and cco's like this is this is kind of things that we need to support us during mercury retrograde we need to um to ground and and come back you know maybe retreat from people a little bit and nourish ourselves so i really got to work thinking like what ingredients help nourish us on that level um and i was I called in like a tree bark and um, a mineral, a silver and a, um, a mushroom, reishi mushroom, which has wonderful immune healing elements to it and um, a fruit and a flower. So we just kind of got really excited and creative and, and put it all together. So that's how I'm Cosmic came about. And it's really fun. And it's probably, I don't know, I think it's one of my most beautiful milks. I has sort of an iridescent sheen to it and it's purple. I always knew I'd have a purple milk and I was waiting for it to kind of come through and it finally has. So it's going to be here every Mercury retrograde for a while. It was super popular and um, well, next Mercury retrograde is in January. So we'll have it again. The color was just, it was so, it was so amazing. Like, I mean, you have, and we'll talk about this a little bit. You have a really amazing Instagram and and photography, but seeing it in person, I mean, that purple color was just so beautiful. And like you said, iridescent and yeah, it was, it was really, really beautiful. It's, it's cool to be able to have something that it tastes amazing. It's good for you. It's beautiful. It just, it has all these pieces to it that are so incredible. Well, Cece and I wanted to, um, to do something that would help bring some fun to Mercury Retrograde. Everybody's always like, oh God, Mercury Retrograde's coming. Buckle your seatbelts, you know, don't talk to anybody. Don't like, don't start new relationships. Don't do everything. Everything seems sort of negative around it, but Mercury Retrograde isn't really a negative time. It's actually, I mean, as all things are, sometimes things that are difficult are really blessings. So I, I wanted and CC wanted to create something that was fun. And also, you know, for people who don't really take astrology seriously, or don't even really know about what Mercury retrograde is, um, you can almost just like see it in a really light sort of way. Like it's just this kind of fun little nod to the fact that, wow, maybe there is more than just this life. Like maybe there is this other dimension out there, you know, you can, you can take it seriously and really get into it, or you can kind of just enjoy it and make it fun. Totally. And you talked a little bit about how the 
the popularity of I'm Cosmic and the Tiger Nut Milk, and I've definitely seen at the farmer's market where you've sold out. I'm wondering how, how do you balance demand and also your commitment to quality and keeping it small batch and as close to, or like you said, even better than someone could make it homemade? Well, I mentioned before that my team's happiness is absolutely paramount to the quality of the product. So my team and I know what they can do easily without feeling stressed. And during the summer months, we tend to work longer hours, but in the fall, you know, we lose a market, we calm things down a little bit and we keep things super manageable. So we already know like how much can we comfortably make without feeling stressed. And, um, and we do that. So that's how we know how much we bring. And also a lot of researchers are finding that when we have too much choice in our life, it can really stress us out. So one thing I've found is it really doesn't matter what we bring to the market. People will buy whatever's left because they just really want some milk. And we most of the time sell out. I'm going to knock on some wood here. <laughs> we mostly sell out every weekend because we produce a set amount. It is a small craft product um, and it, there's not an endless supply of it. So it's pretty precious. And um, yeah, it, it kind of just flies out, flies out of the coolers. Awesome. And I mentioned a little bit this a few minutes ago, but like I said, you have just amazing photography and marketing. Your Instagram page is gorgeous. You've gotten some really great press opportunities recently. Like I remember seeing an article um, in national media with about the tiger nut milk. So I'm curious if you could just tell us a little bit about your marketing strategies and your, yeah, how, how you go about marketing e-milk. Um, well, I have a really fun time with design. And I think I mentioned early on that I had wanted to be in advertising. And so I think that a lot of times the, the layouts, I do all of the marketing that you see myself. I do all the writing for the emails and the posts are all me. Um, I oftentimes will not plan my posts. I, I make it up that day or sometimes even on the fly, I have a lot of pictures because I take a lot of pictures. And my daughter is really talented. Um, her name's Carson. She's a journalism student at the U of O and she has her own food photography business. So she actually takes a lot of my pictures. And then I've just been really blessed to have some super creative people here in Portland who love my product, um, just want to take pictures of it. And some of it is done, honestly, very old school. We do things in trade. So um, sometimes I'll just gift milk to photographers and they'll take some amazing pictures for me. Um, I have hired photographers in the past, but most of the stuff you see, I, either I took, my daughter took, or um, one of my you know Instagram friends took, or some Portland photographer who just really got really excited about the product took. Um, I was really lucky during the pandemic and Kelsey Curtis, who has one house. Um, she's a very talented food photographer and um, she said, you know, does anybody want any help like right now? And she, she took a bunch of pictures that are just epic and I keep using those. I'm really grateful to her. Um, yeah, I'm just really lucky, I think, to have people who just are excited about the product and, and want to play around with it. So. Awesome. Oh, and then you asked about how we get into publications. I yeah, think. yeah. One of my things that I really wanted to do this year was hire a PR team. And I ended up working with 
Delaney of Delaney Vetter Communications, who's wonderful. And I had her working on getting us in some national publications. I think one thing that a lot of people don't know is that um, you you kind of have to pitch to magazines and um, online publications because especially with smaller brands, like they don't know you exist necessarily. And a lot of times um, writers, there's independent writers that are writing. And so PR professionals have these relationships with writers and they're like, Hey, have you thought about doing this? Or have you, you know, have you ever heard of this? Or if you're ever working on an article about tiger nuts or lavender or pumpkin spice, you know, maybe consider this product. So I hired Delaney and um, was really happy working with her. And she got us into Real Simple and um, had a really fun Vegetarian Times article. Um, So yeah, and definitely I'm not doing it all by myself. I have a lot of great helpers out there. Yeah, Delaney is is awesome. I had the chance to meet her a few, it's probably been about six months now. And yeah, super cool. It's it's fun to here behind the scenes of you just have such a strong presence and such a strong image and such cool photography. So it's cool to hear how it comes together in the background. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of marketing people would probably scold me because I wanted to look beautiful and they're like, nope, you just, you want more followers. You got to post all the time. You need to just more content, more content. And I want just like with my milks, I want whatever I do to be beautiful. So I take a lot of time to craft a message, to pick out the perfect picture. I post, you know, pretty infrequently, only a couple times a week. Um, so, and then we don't have a billion followers. I'll, I'll just put it that way. We've really been growing organically, like one follower at a time. We'll we'll get a couple new followers, and we'll lose a couple followers. And um, so it's it's kind of been a slow growth as far as our Instagram goes, but it's um, quality over quantity for sure. And thinking. Back to early days of AMILK, you mentioned doing a lot of events still today. I'm wondering if you could tell us about the first or one of the first times that you went to an event with AMILK and were sampling and what that was like. And if you have a favorite, like an event that, you know, either is reoccurring or you've had an event that was just one of your favorites over the last few years. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. I, so when I first launched AMELC, I started AMELC, I ended up getting a part-time job working at Anthropology, which is where I met KP, who is now my um, head of production at AMELC. And um, I had the great blessing of um, being invited to do their local makers marketplace. So I launched AMELC publicly. My very first day was at Anthropology. So that felt like Wow. A huge win. Um, yeah. And I, my table was set up next to um, Lauren, who owns Mizzou Batico, And she actually taught me how to use Instagram. And it's just like it, anthropology that year was amazing to me. I, I was at all of their local makers um, pop-ups and I was able to meet a lot of my customers that way. And then I launched a home delivery, like Amelk started as a, the, um, a different kind of milk delivery service, like the old fashioned milkman, but I was a milk lady. And that came out of anthropology. I, I don't do home delivery anymore. Um, you know, little side note, I have a private client group that I we do do deliveries for once a week, but those are like recurring subscription orders for like this high volume clients. Um, but yeah, so I started anthropology and that was like so fun. 
And then um, uh, when I wanted to shift into farmer's markets and dial back on the home delivery, um, Beaverton Farmer's Market was my first market and it will always hold a special place in my heart. Um, I would show up and almost start crying with gratitude. I was so excited. I was like, I'm like a farmer. I get the chills and and feel so excited to, like, I couldn't believe that I was there. And um, I, I was practically floating through Beaverton Market. Um, and then we launched Portland Farmer's Market. And it's just been a wonderful journey. I love the markets. I love the connection with the customers at the markets. I love when they come up and tell me that they love one of my emails. So yeah, I don't do a lot of like holiday bazaars or anything like that. I'm really focusing on that, you know, recurring direct-to-consumer relationship. Um, and now I've got my pop-up shop. So people can come and see me personally every Saturday, which is super fun. I love that. And you alluded to this a little bit when we talked about what's exciting things coming up next, but I'm wondering if you could share your vision for Amelk over the next few years. Okay. Yay. So um, when I first started Amilk, I really had a super clear vision that someday there would be an Amilk shop and the Amilk shop would sell bottles, but also superfoods and adaptogens, right? Because that's how I started off. Um, so one of the things that I'm working on that is kind of top secret, but it's not top secret anymore because we're talking now. Um, I am trying to develop a line of my own superfood and adaptogen powders. Um, my line of I'm milks, the I'm beautiful, um, I'm abundant, I'm joyful. I would like to be able to turn them into a powdered form so that people can make them year round because we do sell so many different flavors. I can't have I'm beautiful all the time. I can't have I'm abundant all the time, but I want you to be able to have it all the time. So if I can, um, if I can market and sell the I'm beautiful superfood powder, for example, you could buy my almond A milk or you can make almond milk at home and then you could blend the powder in just like we do. And then you could have I'm beautiful all the time. So that's one of the exciting things that I'm working on right now um, as as I continue to develop my studies in herbalism. Um, and then just continuing to work on the retail concept, which is starting with this awesome pop-up and me working through like, what do we want to have at this? What does this retail storefront look like? If we have a brick and mortar, where will it be? How will it be? Um, and yeah, from the beginning, I always had a vision that I would create this potable model. So uh, potable meaning that you could pick it up and land it somewhere else. So I would love to be able to open an AMELC in other cities. And um, one of those is Nashville. I'm looking at Nashville as, a, as an idea, potentially. That could totally change, but um, that's kind of the big picture view. I really, really want to keep my uh, customers close, those relationships close, and our commitment to quality. Um, so I'm not going to grow gangbusters. It's going to continue to grow one bottle at a time, one customer relationship at a time. And um, and when we're ready, we will start opening up in other cities and being able to make those relationships there too. That's cool. How exciting. I'm so excited to to keep following following you and your growth. Thanks. So I've got a couple questions that I ask. We ask every guest and they're some of my favorites. So the first one is, What's an oddly satisfying part of your job? It could be something mundane that maybe no one else worries about, or maybe they do, but it's it gives you energy when you're like, oh, when this part of the process happens, I just love when this happens. I find 
I don't mind manual labor. Like I really don't mind. Um, there's a lot of things that I like to do that give me a lot of satisfaction that I probably shouldn't do all the time. Um, but I, I sometimes will come into the kitchen when no one's there and scrub the sinks and scrub the canisters and uh, like clean the drains or even repair the plumbing. (laughs) I just like, I love having that like really close, you know, um, I, I just really like to be involved in everything. I find that when I, when I step too far back, I forget my place. And, um, I love working the farmer's market. It's sort of hard on my body now because I've done it so many years, but, um, you know, you get up really early, you've got to set up a whole storefront, you know, out of nothing. And we're lifting really heavy coolers, which is one thing I never really thought of when I was planning this business. I'd never really accounted for how heavy those coolers would be and all the glass bottles all filled with milk. So um, (laughs) just at the end of of a market day, I feel so blissed out. I've connected with my customers. They've talked to me about their experience in life and how AMILK has helped transform their nutrition or has made them just feel really happy. Um, I feel like, I don't know, I'm just kind of blissed out at the end of a farmer's market day too. So two things, working in the kitchen and then selling directly to customers. I love those. And then I think you mentioned you're drinking some tea right now. And I'm curious if you have a favorite tea or a couple favorite teas that you could share with us. Um, I have so much tea. It's kind of crazy. I I love coffee as well. I'm probably more of a coffee girl than a tea girl. But when fall hits, I pretty much always have tea going. Um, But at Beaverton Farmer's Market, I was... um, sitting right next to Brie at a settee and she and I would trade a lot. So I'm sitting on a lot of the settee still, and I don't know if it's still good, but I, I mean, I think it's still good. Yeah. Uh, I know you interviewed her. I haven't heard that podcast yet, but I have a lot of her tea. Um, and then I love Smith tea. Mm -hmm. I'm currently drinking peppermint, but I've got added adaptogens in there, of course. (laughs) Nice. I love it. Yeah, I've got I've got lots of different tea options around the house. So it's always fun to hear other people's other people's favorites. What's your favorite tea? Oh, gosh. I had another guest the other day say like, that's like asking someone to choose their favorite child. Uh, And I I was like, (laughs) Um, yeah, it's tough. I love I really love Plum Deluxe. I love um, Breeze Teas at Esthete. It really depends on, you know, what what I'm kind of looking for for the day, but I would say probably day to day, I drink the most Smith Plum Deluxe and Esthete teas. And I usually go for something herbal. I'm going to have to try Plum Deluxe. I've actually never heard of them. So now I'm, now I'm going to go seek them out. Yeah, for sure. And we have, I keep a, I keep a little library of every guest's favorite tea in the library of all the teas that I drink while recording the podcast. So we've got a little fun library if anyone wants to I made it mostly for myself, but if anyone else wants to geek geek out that hard, I've I've got tea libraries. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. Is there anything else? Our last section is tips and dregs. So is there anything else you wanted to share or that we missed before we go into tips and dregs? Gosh, I don't know. Um, I think we covered most of it. Oh, I know. I have a really fun thing that most people probably don't know. Yeah. I talked a little bit about the serendipity behind Amalk and just this kind of calling that I had to, to 
like all of a sudden make milk. And I have that branding agency. My branding agency at Fine Design is owned by my friend, my friend Ken Fine. And he was like, I really like your logo already, Amy. It was my handwriting. That's the the logo. The Amilk logo is my handwriting. So he wanted to just stylize it a little bit. So he had me write it a hundred times for their design team. And as I was writing it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is my name. I had never intended Amilk to be Amy Milk. Like it, Amilk was supposed to, I just wanted to spell milk differently to mm-hmm. differentiate it from dairy. And um, I wanted to spell it with a Y. And then the A was supposed to stand for alternative or almond. But as I'm writing a milk a hundred times, I realize A M Y is Amy. And then L is my middle initial, Leah. And my last name is Colville. So turns out my whole name basically is in the brand. Oh, wow. Yeah. I am A milk. That's so cool. I love that. Thanks. Yeah. And then it turns out that um, my kitchen is on MLK Boulevard. So that's Milk Boulevard. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so much serendipity. So much. Wow. That's amazing. I thought that'd be fun to share. Yeah, I love that. Okay. So our final section is tips and dregs. So tea tips being the sweet part of the tea, dregs being like what's left over at the bottom of your cup, like thinking over your last week or so, or last few days, just kind of like what's something that's been a highlight and something that's been more of a low light. And I, I like to start with dregs and then we can go, we can go back and forth and talk about our kind of high and low and, and yeah, go from there. If you have something you feel strongly about, you're welcome to start or I can start. (laughs) Oh, you start. I would love to hear yours. Okay. So I'll start with my dregs. So it, normally I'm like, oh, sometimes it's hard to think of a dregs. This time it's it's a little maybe too easy, but I fell and I broke my ankle. Oh my and gosh. that was not fun. I was on the phone and I was taking my dogs outside and I just tripped on the steps and I fell. Thankfully I was on mute, but I like I screamed and my dogs just they just ran to the back of the yard. They're like, whatever, you're fine, mom. Um and <laughs> I'm trying to call my husband. So yeah, it's not bad. And but I'm in a walking boot for six weeks. So that was that was definitely a dregs moment. My team at work has been really nice trying to come up with fun stories about one of them said that I should tell people I was on dancing on the stars with the stars (laughs) and there was an accident or that when I was kickboxing I just kicked the person so hard so yeah my team at work has been really encouraging about it but that was definitely a dregs oh that's a major drag I'm so sorry yeah it's it it you know it could have been a lot worse um and I'm grateful to just be in a boot so it's it gives me a little more reflection, relax time than maybe I had planned for, but maybe that's good for me. So (laughs) I'm glad that didn't happen during summer because the fall is really a good time to kind of sit back with your cup of tea and reflect. So good timing, Jesse. Yeah, totally. So yeah. How about you? How, what would be your dregs? Oh yeah. Well, um, you know, my life is really good. I am really happy. I'm having, I'm really having a happy moment right now. And I'm really trying to stay above the clouds, like stay in this positive moment. Um, I've been focusing on, you know, gratitude and being really present. And um, even in the crappy parts, there's always something really great. But um, yesterday, I ended up having a major allergy attack. I'm, (laughs) I'm allergic to certain airborne particles, like so dust and mold specifically. Mm -hmm. So if I get any of that in my nose, I start a sneezing fit that doesn't stop until go to bed. 
So one of those hit me yesterday. It hardly ever happens, but like it makes me almost unable to function. But the good part about that is I was able to get into bed early with my book and I love reading. So I got lots of sleep, woke up fresh, feel great today. Um, so that was my drive. Yeah. Oh man. That, that sounds like crazy, crazy <laughs> allergy attack. Yikes. Allergies are not fun. No. Um, all right. So for tips, so I would, mine's like a, just kind of a general thing that happens. It's happened a few times over the last few weeks at farmer's markets, but I love, or, or it can be at a store, but I love when you're at a store or the farmer's market and someone like there's a piece of fruit or whatever, and they're, they just cut it open with the knife right there in front of you. And you're like, Oh, do you want to try this peach? And like I was at the Beaverton farmer's market, um, you know, a few weeks back when peaches were were still around and he just was like, oh, do you want to try it? Farmer cuts into it, offers me a slice right off the knife. And I've had it too, where you're at the grocery store and someone in produce will, you know, be like, oh, you don't know what that is here. Let me just cut one open and let you try it. And I just, I love that feeling when that happens of getting to taste something new. And especially when it's from the farmer and getting to try it right there fresh it's just, it's really special. So I was just thinking about how that, whenever that, ha- I, whenever I have that opportunity in life to get to taste fruit like that, and just someone just cuts open to something right there fresh at the farmer's market. Oh, I love that so much. That is really fun. Yeah. I love that too. When I was a little kid, there was this Camilla's fruit market and Mr. Camilla would always do that. He actually taught me how to peel a banana backwards. Oh, that's so amazing. I know. It was really fun. Um, you want my tips of the week? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I had a lot, so I'll try to condense them. But I, I listened to some of your other podcasts, so I know you're gluten-free. And I wanted to share this because it is a really fun tip. Um, across the street from us, Kitty Corner, is Ranger Chocolate. And they make this gluten-free chai donut. It's this baked donut. It is so good. I'm telling you, like I buy it for my team. I buy it for my kids. I bought two in the past two days for myself. They're so good. So yum. Such a highlight. Um, it does have sugar in it. FYI. I, I try not to eat a lot of sugar. That's one of my dietary things, but it's just too good. So that's one of them. Um, okay. What else? Oh, I got a surprise shipment of um, lip bars in the mail. That was unexpected. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> I was so excited about that. I was like asking all of my kids, I'm like, who ordered these? Like, where did they come from? And then I found out they were from you. Um, so that was super fun. And, uh, and lastly, we had a pipe burst in the, I mean, kind of burst last night in the kitchen and my kitchen mate messaged me and she's like, I'm soaked this pipe burst across the room. And so we're full on in production today. So early this morning, I got out my, my plumbing wrench and I went over and I fixed it. So I'm very oh, wow. excited that I saved a bunch of money on plumbing by fixing my own sink. <laughs> yeah, look at you go. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. So those are all some fun things. Oh, and I started watching Victoria on... Um, on Prime, it's Masterpiece Theater. Yes, I and, love Victoria. Oh my gosh, I'm now totally addicted. It was super fun. So lots of fun things happening this week. Awesome, I love that. Well, this has been such a joy, Amy. It's been so fun to get to know you a little bit and hear more about Milk. And I'm just so grateful that you spent time with me today. And I can't wait to share this with our audience. I think they're going to be super excited. And yeah, this was just a really wonderful 
wonderful time to get to spend with you. Thanks so much for having me, Jesse. It was really fun. I'm a fan of your podcast now, and I'm just delighted to know you. So thanks so much for having me. And I'm excited that your listeners get to learn a little bit more about Amelk. Thanks for joining today, strangers. If you like today's episode, please like, subscribe, share, support us on Patreon, whatever you would like to do to help continue to see more content from Iroh's Corner. In the words of Uncle Iroh, While it is always best to believe in oneself, a little help from others can be a great blessing. Did you hear that? He's definitely drinking tea and thinking about five-star reviews. If you have any questions about today's episode, you can reach out on any of our social media accounts or hello at iroscorner.com. See you next time, strangers. Strangers.